welcome to week number 212 of the Two Guys in the Fridays podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. It's a spicy meatball. Is it? I don't know. I was just thinking of something to say and that came to my mind. Were you watching Mario or something? Nothing. Nothing. No? Not eating any no. pasta right now? Nope. nope. I don't even know where that came from. No $5 footlongs in your mouth? I'm not a, fi- I'm not a Subway guy. All right. Their, their meatballs aren't that spicy anyways. I feel like they're meat. Like when I used to eat Subway, you know, 15 years ago, that was the only sandwich of theirs I, I liked. Yeah. Was the meatball. It's a go-to. Uh, welcome to the show. We're a TGIF podcast. We talk about all things TGIF, and we watch TGIF 30 years after it airs. Talk about what happened that week. Uh, before we get into that, thank you, Drew, for the theme song this week. Drew, thank you. I'm going to have my uh, beginner's sax version here in the next couple weeks. I want it now. I want it tomorrow. I don't have time. TGIFcast at gmail.com. That's where you find, uh, or that's where you email us. If you want to email in your own version of the theme song, if you need to ask us questions, it's a good place to do it. Also, make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFcast, Facebook, Instagram, X. I think X. we made something else too, right? Did we make a TikTok? We might have. Threads? Threads? We Is that, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> is that, 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 I mean, that's the thing. So, I right? forgot Threads. it was a website, honestly. Okay. I mean, we're, are we, we're, I think we're, because all you do is click a button and you're, and you're on it. Yeah. At TGIFcast, go uh, follow us on all those places because we like to talk about things like what's coming up, which is uh, Nightmare Week and October 14th. We're going to be doing a live panel. You can come see us live. We're getting a little bit away from the uh, normal TGIF stuff as we talk about uh, Halloween TV specials in general, what makes a good one, what we like. And we're going to talk to you guys and see what you guys like as well. Yeah, and the good thing is that there are a few cap or few um, TGIF shows that absolutely uh, that qualify for this discussion. So we'll, we'll be, there'll be plenty of TGIF conversation. Absolutely. So come out to the uh, Richmond Convention Center. Get your three day pass. Come out on Saturday night, nine p.m. Room E twenty three. We'll be up there. We'll be talking. You can come hang out with us. We absolutely. Can, we can talk TGIF and. Uh, then we can step on over and watch. Uh, I don't know what are we gonna watch after that if we do. Tipsy Tunes Saturday Morning Supernatural Edition. Yeah, or you mentioned that you were excited about the uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space uh, watch along with the Chiodos Brothers. Yeah, I'd ask you. I had to ask you who those guys were, but I might do that. That's on the fright stage. Don't know where that is. I'm sure I can figure it out. But come out there. We'll be in Richmond next Saturday. That's right. October 14th. Um, All right. So let's get into the other stuff now. We do like to see what was going on in the world 30 years ago, the week that these episodes would have aired on TGIF. Now, what's the date that these actually came on? on Yeah. So these would have been Friday, October 8th, 1993. I got a couple stories. Um, Nothing huge, but uh, October 6th. It was a big day in sports as Mike. Michael Jordan announced his retirement from basketball. Is this his first or second? The first one. First one. Okay. I mean, people okay. thought it might be the only one, but then he comes back two years later and wins three more championships with the Bulls and then goes to the uh, Wizards and then goes. Oh, I didn't even realize he came back. I forgot that he came back with the Bulls. I thought he. <laughs> yeah. My memory was that he came back with the. Just came back with the Wizards. Okay. All right. Well. Yeah. So this happened uh, back in 93. And then uh, two days later, he was this guy was like a superstar. I mean, he still kind of is. But uh, the 90s were his time. Howard Stern released his first book, Private Parts. It later goes on to become a movie. And uh, he was on top of the world in the 90s. Look, I don't always like Howard Stern. I mean, he's he sometimes I do. Most times I don't. But you cannot deny the fact that that man has made. I mean, he's still huge. I, I know he's not in the like pop culture discussion nowadays like he was 30 years ago but he's still for the people that listen to it he's still a big deal he's still a huge deal yeah for sure i mean um he apparently still makes 130 million a year doing yeah his xm as serious xm contract is like the biggest radio i think it's I don't know if it's bigger than Joe Rogan's or if it was until Joe Rogan signed his, but it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And good for him, though. I mean, he could do it. Yeah. Um, that's all I got for news. What about movies and music? What was number one this week? 
Yeah, so no changes for the song. Still Dream Lover by Mariah Carey. Um, right. A few more weeks left on that. We do have a new movie. I don't know. I did not know this movie at all until I watched it last week. I, I had never heard of it. A movie called Malice with Malice. Uh, with Alec Baldwin, Nicole Kidman, Bill Pullman. Have you seen this movie nope. or heard of this movie? I, I mean, maybe, but I don't remember it's, it. It's like a, what's the word? Like a, like, I want to say scam, but you know, like a con movie, you know, where okay. there's like a, a, a kind of a long con going on and it, it's constantly unraveling and there's different layers and it's, it was okay. It wasn't the best movie I've ever seen, but it was, it was fine. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. But it was a movie. Um, uh, birthdays? No birthdays. No, no Let's birthdays. Let's get into it. We start off at eight o'clock. It's Family Matters season five, episode three. Saved by the Urkel is the name of the episode, and I definitely thought we were getting a Saved by the Bell Urkel something episode, but we did not. It would have been nice if we at least gotten like a cameo. I would have taken anything. I would have taken a stop by the Max. I would have taken <laughs> that. Would have been cool. I would have taken uh, I don't know any Lisa Turtle coming over and going on a date with Steve. Anything, right? We get nothing. We get yeah. uh, we get Carl on a ladder in the garage. Putting up some stuff. Um, he's got a big shelf up on the top there. Like it spans the entire length of the garage. Steve comes in, uh, finds him in there, just walks around, picks up an air horn, decides to blow it for who knows what reason. But as he does, Carl gets startled. He slips and falls off the ladder and is now hanging on to this shelf at the top of the garage. Yeah. And very, very like, it's very dangerous. Obviously, it's like, it, it, a whole like, four feet the, drop if he falls. Whole, right. Yeah. I mean, if he falls off this thing, he's going to probably. He might break an ankle. Worst twist his ankle. Yeah. So eventually, after a bunch of back and forth, Steve gets the ladder back, gets it underneath of him, and uh, Carl doesn't fall. Saves his life. He doesn't. But in this whole process, a beach ball does fall off of the shelf. Beach ball does fall back off the shelf. And. Um, I guess uh, is this where he throws it back on, or is that a little later? That that comes it's up. A little bit yeah, yeah. So yeah. Steve invites the Winslows over for an Urkel hoedown first, where uh, he then at, at his house he starts dancing a mm. little bit. Carl tries to send Steve Urkel home, but this is where Urkel is insisting that this beach ball needs to go back on the shelf. There's plenty of room for it. Just throw it up there. Carl's like, I can't. I've already maxed out the weight, and and Steve has good reasoning here. He's like, big guy. You were hanging onto that shelf. It didn't break with you hanging hanging on it. This beach ball is not going to have any effect. Yeah, no, this scene makes no sense whatsoever. So Carl's like, "Fine," throws it up there. They walk out of the garage, and as they do, you see the entire thing collapse. Everything on top of it falls to the ground. The shelf has fallen. They go back in. And uh, Steve says, uh, I think he says, look what you did or something like that. It did. It does. Yeah. It does. Look what you did. Um, this doesn't make any sense, man. Like, first of all, the beach ball was already on the shelf before Carl was even hanging from the shelf. The beach mm-hmm. ball was on the shelf while Carl was hanging from the shelf. I think Carl's just so frustrated at this point now that he went through all this hanging. He just wants to get out of there is my take. But regardless of opinion on, on like what Carl's opinion is, there's no, why would this beach ball cause the shelf to fall down at this point? That's a good point. Um, That's my point. Like the physics of this scene don't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. Cause a Steve is right. Like Carl weighs what? More than a beach ball. 300 easy. Yeah. And that beach ball weighs a couple ounces at most. Yeah. So the theme song hits here. We come back. We're still in the garage. Carl still mad at Steve for everything that's going on. Like mad, like freaking out mad. Yeah. Um, and then yells like we've seen him get mad before. We've seen him probably get this mad before. And once again, yeah. he kicks Steve out and tells him, which we've heard before, stay out of my life forever, Steve. Yeah. Get out. You're go- Never come back here ever again. And he says this time I mean it, which we've also heard before. But uh yep. Sad Steve Urkel leaves the garage. Um, We then go to uh, inside of the house. Carl's in there. Eddie and Waldo arrive. They've got their uh, hot dog gear on from the shop. And uh, Carl tells Waldo that he's just trying to fix this lamp right now. Yep. And as he's doing that, Steve comes over. 
trying to, hoping to fix things with Carl. Steve mentions uh, while Carl's fixing this lamp that you might want to be careful because he's got a couple bare wires that are touching the metal on the lamp. Carl's like, it's behind Steve. He plugs it in. Everything's fine. Lamp lights up. Got it working. We're good to go. Carl's feeling real good about himself. Carl goes to pick up the lamp, and as he does, he touches the metal that Steve warned him about, and he then electrocutes himself, collapsing, and dies on the floor. Like, literally, heart stops, not breathing. He's Carl dead. Carl is dead. He is dead. Carl is dead, and that's the end of Family Matters. Well, no, they can go on. They, they can go on without Rachel. They can go on without Carl. I don't know if they could go on without Carl, but they couldn't. They, they couldn't go on. Without we don't have to find out because um, Steve, he is a professional in CPR. He knows exactly what he's doing. He asks Eddie, "Go call nine one one." Waldo, bring me uh, Carl's police bag. Brings it over because well, he, he's got the the, uh, the the first aid kit in the police bag. Yeah. And he's got those little like plastic covers over someone's mouth, so you don't have right, to like the actually guard. touch their mouth. Yeah, he does this like a real, real professional. Yeah, this whole episode is a what's the right word I'm looking for here? It's a it's a public service announcement for everybody going and getting CPR certified. One hundred percent, absolutely. ABC was like, look, we gotta we gotta fulfill some of our. Uh, our, you know, public goods programming. Can you guys make your episode about CPR so we can just write that as 30 minutes of public good? So Steve starts his CPR. He's counting his chest compressions. He's doing his breaths. And what do you know? It works. Carl comes to, and Steve has saved his life. They're calling him a hero. He is the, he is popular. He is, he is the Bell of the ball. Yeah, and they are hyping Steve up so much at this point that Steve faints, and now he's dead. End of Family Matters. <laughs> now we're done. Now Family Matters is over. All right. So a little bit later, the uh, family's getting home. I guess maybe they took Carl to the doctor to get checked out. That's kind of what I was sure. guessing. That would be the assumption. I assume the hospital probably, you know, they doctor, hospital, whatever. Yeah, whatever. So um, Steve comes in. And uh, I guess he went with them, it kind of seemed like. But uh, everyone is um, very thankful that Steve has saved Carl's life. And Carl asks the family if they can leave him and Steve alone for just a minute because he really wants to talk to Steve alone. And Carl tells him, Steve, I owe you an apology. And uh, that was kind of his apology at that point. But Steve is like, do you want to do you owe me an apology or are you going to give me an apology and he digs for this and uh no but he makes a valid point is that carl says i owe you an apology but doesn't actually apologize yeah so carl struggles but eventually says that he's sorry and he wants to show his appreciation and steve says that all he wants is to just be able to come over anytime that he wants and carl agrees yeah, he wants to be part of the family, part yep. of the friends. Uh, a little later in the garage, we're back out there again with Carl. Carl is now, like, uh, staining the wood of some patio furniture. He's got a couple wood chairs, a table. He's getting it all looking good. And what do you know, Steve comes over once again and immediately makes a mess as he knocks over some of the spare uh, stain that they've got in a little can and then spills a whole bunch on Carl's pants. I mean, he gets it everywhere. This is the, like the garage is covered. Everything in the garage is covered in stain. Yep. Um, Carl is obviously angry once again, but he's holding it back this time. He's trying not to unleash on Steve because he knows Steve, it was an accident. And he kind of promised him that he wouldn't go crazy anymore. But And uh, Steve is like still just kind of, bouncing around ends up sitting in the chair that carl just finished mm-hmm. and uh carl is still holding it in though he's not yelling at steve yet um he's doing the best he can it's tough but he's he's really trying yeah that's kind of where that scene ends right like him sitting in the chair well well so he cut yeah it cuts it cuts to the kitchen for a quick scene okay. where where Eddie's at the table looking real sad. Eric, yep. uh, uh, what's Laura, your, Laura comes come, in. I don't know why I can't get these names right. Today. Laura comes down. And she's like, what's wrong, Eddie? He's like, I just keep thinking about dad dying. And then that's it. Then Steve comes in and they totally stop talking about that. And yeah, well, well, more CPR stuff here where he's like, right. 
I just I just wasn't prepared. I really think that uh, I should have been able to help dad. And Laura's like, well, Eddie, we can both go take a CPR class. And then if this ever happens, All right. we'll be able to save dad. And, and you can sign up at your local Red Cross. Yeah, and they're, uh, they're just talking about how they're glad that Steve was there, that he was able to save his dad's life. Um, Steve comes in at this point. Laura thanks Steve. Ends up actually giving him a hug, which, uh, again, no mention of Myra in this entire episode, much like last week. No, not at all. It's, it's just so weird. It's so weird. It's like they recorded them at another point and then just plugged them in or something because, I mean, that was the big storyline going on. And now she's not in episodes. They don't mention her. Maybe there was contract stuff. Maybe they weren't sure if they were going to resign her or something. And then, I don't know. Yeah. I, I get the impression. This feels very much like recording episodes out of order situation where yeah. they just kind of, or maybe like some like Like we've got this episode. We can plug it in anywhere we need it. Yeah, like they were left over from the last season or something. I, I don't know. It, it, it does feel very weird. So we got a hug from Laura. Um, Eddie then invites Steve to a PM Dawn concert. Cause, uh, Good for him. Why not? Um, Steve thinks it's a joke at first, but Eddie, I mean, he's still just talking about how he appreciates Steve so much that he saved his dad's life. So Steve's excited to go to a concert i guess and then he goes back out to the garage to talk to carl yeah exactly so this is kind of like in the middle of in the middle of this whole like carl garage scene i would say yep so um steve goes out there and says uh carl it's okay i just want you to be honest with me if you're angry it's okay to be angry just be honest with me that's where we get in these problems i want you to tell me how you feel and just be honest so uh, he tells Carl something that uh, bothered him or that he's honest about now uh, that he was actually really scared when he was doing CPR. And it wasn't to do the CPR that scared him. It was he was scared that he was going to be without Carl because Carl's his best friend and he doesn't know how he could go through life without Carl there. Yeah, it was it was real sweet. And then I think I mean, I think Carl like accepts all this and everything. And then Steve trips falls over some stuff and punctures the hot water heater with steam spraying out <laughs> everywhere. We've got another issue on the garage. Oh God. And Steve wants Carl to get mad. He's like, I was wondering, is there no water in a hot water heater normally? Like why would there why is? There... I, yeah, yeah, I mean, there definitely is. So I don't know. Um, okay. Not, not in this one. Apparently Steve wants Carl to get mad at him. Carl goes for it holds it back but then he lets it all out he's mad he's yelling at steve chases him out the door and we're back to our previously scheduled relationship with uh steve and carl but They're with back. a little more a little more understanding uh skip ahead a little bit nighttime now steve is uh trying to get laura to uh hug him again kiss him if she can if he can get a kiss out of it and then she's like, ah, F it. And then leans over, kisses him on the cheek. She does say, hey, look, Steve, I'm lucky to have you as a friend. We're lucky to have you in our life. And that that's when she gives him a kiss on the cheek. Kiss on the cheek. Does he say anything after the kiss or is that pretty much it? You know, that's it, which uh, that's all I remember, which is weird because you would think like he would mention out Myra or, or something. Faint or mention Myra. Yeah. That's it, though. That's the end of uh, Family Matters. We then go on to our 8.30 slot. We've got Step by Step, Season 3, Episode 3. some reason, didn't write the name of this one down, but uh, it starts off. We got the Lamberts. They're in the living room. They're watching football. They're snacking. They've got a whole bunch of stuff. This is like morning time. The uh, Fosters are off at church. They're supposed to be eating breakfast, but instead they're eating like snack cakes and chips and yeah, stuff like that yeah ho-hos twinkies uh, never on our way to church is what i'm gonna say this is i'm looking at why you talk i think it's like never on our way to church or on our way to church never so as they're doing this as they're watching football as they're snacking on all this junk food never on sunday never on sunday the fosters get back and uh the lamberts have to be real quick as they hear the door opening they hide the snacks under the couch cushions they dump fruit punch everywhere they change the channel and uh they've another watch like pbs they've covered themselves they're good to go 
And uh, Carol comes in and she explains how the sermon was all about punishing liars and that people need to tell the truth. And of course, now that's enough to scare Frank. And uh, does he tell them? I think she she knows that they were snacking, right? She knows. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't. He does he not doesn't tell need her. to say anything. Yeah, she knows. She could tell. Um, we also find out here that Carol has invited the new minister and his wife over for lunch. And Frank's not too happy about that. And he's not happy because he just thinks that ministers are really boring and he doesn't want to have to, like, shape up for the minister to come over. Yeah, and he mentions that bored. it's going to be uncomfortable and uh, goes on to say, well, now I got to go clean the garage, too, because I got to go find my Bible. Right. Hopes he can find his Bible. Theme song, come back. Cody's in the kitchen. He's got a couple biker friends there. Um, we should recognize both of these guys, right? Uh, one of the two. One of the two you would recognize from all of the Revenge of the Nerds movies. Yeah, Booger. Not Booger. What's his name? Not Booger. Booger's um, the other guy. For some reason, I kept wanting to call him Meatball, but that doesn't that doesn't sound right. Do we the um the other guy? He's not from a TGIF show or uh-uh. something. No, uh, no. I I looked. God, he um, looked familiar. He did. I mean, he just looks generally like like that kind of character actor. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can find this guy's name real quick. Ogre. He was Ogre. Ogre. That's right. Yeah. Ogre's in there. What are their names? Death and what's the other one? Ripper. Death and Ripper are their, uh, at least their biker names. Could be their real names too. That's the only names they go by the whole time. So, so they come in to see Cody. Cody's apparently doing some bike repairs on the side. They want to see a parts catalog so he can fix up their bikes. So he goes upstairs to get the catalog as he goes upstairs, Carol gets home, and of course she's surprised. She's got two bikers in her uh, kitchen, but they are like the most polite bikers in the history of bikers, I guess. Well, that's the joke, is that they're like well-refined, you know. That Commenting they... on her wonderful yeah. decor in the kitchen, and uh, they say that they're Cody's friends, and they came to get some work done, and then Cody comes down, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, those are my friends, and... Uh, and I'm sorry, it's not ra- it's not Ripper, it's Slasher, Slasher, oh, and Death. Slasher, so and Death. Yeah, and I really Slasher looks like he might be a bit of a reoccurring character in the in the show. I wonder, if, I wonder if Death is too. I kind of remember Slasher being more, not not a lot, lot, but yeah. but a little bit. So, um, Cody tells Carol about this little side business that he's got going on, fixing bikes now. So that kind of sets that up. Uh, we go to Frank and the kids. They're out in the backyard. They're grilling. Frank tells the kids they've got to act their best, uh, especially when this minister gets over because uh, he wants to, I don't know, just show that he's a good person in front of him because now he's God-fearing. So that's going to go on. Uh, Carol comes out. She's got the whole uh, church family with her, the reverend, his wife, his uh, son. Any important people here? Um, the son's been in a bunch of stuff. I, I recognize him immediately from six feet under, but, but he, I mean, he's, he's kind of just all around does stuff. So, um, the Reverend is, uh, impressed right away by, uh, Cody's bike. Yeah. He, he him, rides, he rides himself. Yeah. He's got a bike. He's impressed of like this 1940s bike that Cody's got. And, uh, he might even bring up his bike for a tune-up at some point. So he might have got another customer, Cody. So uh, I will say real quick, Death was... Uh, he's been in a ton of stuff, but I, a TV show, Bosch. Do you know Bosch? Have no. you heard of that? Is that Chris oh. Bosch's comedy show? I don't believe so. But he was in that for a bunch of episodes. That's It that looks like an Amazon Prime show. Oh. Um, he was also... I know you watched Always Sunny. He was in like 10 episodes, 9 episodes of Always oh. Sunny. Oh, what, what character? Uh, he was, uh, it looks like a few different characters. Donald McDonald, Luther, Max dad. Oh, he played Max dad. That's what, that's what I know him from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, in jail too. Like his dad was in jail. So this was like a lot of, that, that makes gotcha. sense. Yep. Gotcha. Um, all right. So where are we at from here? We're at Dana. So preacher, preacher likes the bike. He's, he tells Cody, he, he rides his own bike. He's so they're, they're hitting it off. Yeah. Dana comes over. She's trying to suck up because she's trying to get a, uh, college recommendation letter from him. And the Reverend knows exactly that's what she's going for. He's like, you don't need to be doing all this. Um, he's, he tries to tell everyone, look, everyone, I'm just a regular guy. You don't have to act weird around me. 
everything's fine. This is not at church. Be yourself. And Frank, uh, Frank's being weird, of course, still, because he thinks that, uh, he should go to church more, especially around the Reverend, the Reverend, he thinks that the Reverend will want him to go to church more, I guess. I do like that the, excuse me, that the Reverend, um, when he says to Dana, when Dana starts sucking up, he's like, oh, so you want a college, uh, you want a college referral? And basically he says, I don't even know you. The only thing that I can even say about you is that you're a kiss ass. And that's like the only, that's what he says to her. Yeah. I mean, um, pretty much. This, yeah. This guy, by the way, two episodes of Just the Ten of Us, and he was on a previous episode of Step by Step as a different character. He was on the um the the pageant episode, the the talent show one where yeah. Carolyn Carolyn Karen. He was one of the the judges. Okay. Um we skip ahead to some Sunday. I don't know if it's the next Sunday, but uh Frank and the Lamberts are all dressed up for church now. The whole family's going. Everyone's going to church and the kids are, um, they're acting like they don't mind, but then we find out they don't mind because they were sneaking in radios so they could listen to the uh, Packers game while they're at church. Yeah, and I don't know if we established this, but it is a, it's like a big deal Packers game. Um, and so everyone's really would much rather see the Packers game than go to church. Yeah, of course. So Frank finds the radios. He makes them leave them behind. They're not listening to the game. We go to church. Um, apparently the Lambert kids are across the street getting donuts. I'm not sure why he allowed that, but, uh, that's where they're at. Cody and, uh, death and slasher show up. They go sit down somewhere. Service is starting. The Lamberts do arrive in time after this. And then, uh, the reverence kid, that boy from that you recognize from six feet under comes over and says that, uh, Hey, Hey, uh, JT, we can, uh, we can go upstairs and watch the game. I've got a TV hiding in the attic that we can go watch. So, JT's all on board for this. Um, he sneaks out, pretends that he has a cough or something, and then goes upstairs with uh, with Michael to watch the game in the attic. Yep. And as he walks in, Michael's like, "Be careful where you step, because you'll go through the ceiling if you don't, you know, if you're not on the beams on one of the." Not sports. foreshadowing to anything at all. No, right? not at all. Not at all. No. I can't imagine that's going to come into play at any point. Nope. So uh, back downstairs, they like show some more of the service. Alan Brendan are now sneaking out or trying to, but their dad stops them. And then Brendan just immediately rats out JT for uh, being upstairs watching the game. Well, immediately in the sense that Frank, when those two start to leave, because they're also having a cough, because that's how that's how uh, JT left. He uh-huh. starts coughing really bad. So he walks out to you know take care of his cough. Um, so these two start coughing and Frank realizes that something is up. And so he stops them and kind of starts to starts to grill them on it. And then Brendan caves. It didn't take much. Brendan. Was no, like, no, no, not at all. Oh, JT's in the attic watching the game. Um, so Frank goes up there to find them in the attic. Of course, he's mad at JT, but then he realizes, wait a minute, they're watching the game. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch the game. So he's watching the game. Packers score. Frank celebrates, jumping up and down, and what do you know? It did come back. The ceiling falls through right into the uh, church room, and Frank goes crashing through a table downstairs right in the middle of service. And I like how the preacher immediately knew. He's like, how's the game? Yeah. We go back home. Frank is um, hes hurt. He's laying down on the couch. Doorbell rings. It's the reverend. Frank immediately apologizes for what happened and uh, tells him that uh, he's going to commit. I'm going to come every morning now. Don't worry. You'll see me always at church. And the Reverend says, I don't care. Just don't come to church out of guilt. Come because you want to. Right. It's like, look, you can still watch the game. Just tape it. Do what I do. I tape it every weekend and then I go home and watch it. Frank's like, I know, but it's not the same. The Reverend's like, look. It's better. You don't have to worry about commercials. You don't have to worry about a whole bunch of other people. You just watch the game on your own time and you're good to go. So then he pulls out a VHS tape. It's the uh, recorded game. And he even paused it right where Frank fell through the ceiling. Uh, They start watching it together. Frank uh, mentions that he wants some beer, but then realizes he's with the Reverend. And then like the rest of like the episode is him going back and forth for about 20 seconds and like, if he can have a beer around the reverend or not. Right. Uh, We do get a credit scene, though, with uh, Cody, Death, and Slasher in front of the church playing. Is it an original song to the tune of Louie Louie? Yes. Like, I I, I couldn't hear what their lyrics were. It was kind of hard to understand what they were saying. But uh, It, it was some 
uh, like a Bible, like a psalm, I believe. Yeah, well, that's your your ending credits. A nice little uh, biker rendition of a yeah. church hymn or something. Hymn, the right word. It was good. Boy Meets World comes on at nine o'clock now, and we are on season one, episode three. Father knows less is the name of this one. It starts off with Corey and his dad. Um, they're making some giant bologna sandwiches, about an entire pack of bologna. For, Unreasonable. Uh, Unreasonably big sandwiches. It's two slices of bread. Like, they each have an entire pack of bologna between two slices. More than that. More than I don't even know. You're going they double probably pack. went through three or four packs between the two of them. I mean, the... Alan's sandwich is four inches thick at least. So they throw some chips in the bag. They're making their lunches. We find out. Well, it's funny too because Alan just dumps chips like like straight in the bag, like out of his out of the big bag into his bag, and then Corey just puts a puts a sealed like single serving bag in his bag. Yeah, and we find out they're packing lunch because they're going to see the Blue Angels. Yeah, I didn't realize. Do you think this is the only time in history that the Blue Angels have been mentioned in a? that sitcom yeah that's what i was thinking like i was like i didn't know the blue angels are that big of a deal but i mean it's an east coast thing i guess right i see that's the thing is i don't know i mean they were a big deal to us to me you know my family and i don't know right there where they were stationed right whatever right yeah right i don't know if that's just because of where we were but um evidently i mean they're only a few hours away in philly so i mean i'm sure the the jets go up there every once in a while do a little show yeah i i do know too at some point in the history of boy meets world and or girl meets world i can't remember which one but they do mention williamsburg virginia so there there must be somebody who's a writer who's like i'm from norfolk i'm just gonna write about all the stuff i know yeah maybe doorbell rings um what do you know it's it's lenny he's the assistant manager at the market and we learn his name who's lenny he's uh the assistant manager at the market he'll tell you he'll tell you this over and over again that's his whole gimmick um he's there to talk to mr matthews who um of course, runs the shop that a uh, shelf of water collapsed, flowed all over the aisle that holds the Al- Alka-Seltzer. And now we've got a real mess in the market as Alka-Seltzer is bubbling everywhere. Looking so. at the angel, the Blue Angel schedule for 2023, they're pretty, pretty, pretty well over the United States. Yeah, I mean, they can get places pretty quickly, I would imagine. So, and, and really cool style, too. Yeah. All right, get in formation. We're going to Disney World. <laughs> Doing loops the whole way. Um, So now Mr. Matthews is stuck. He had this plan to go see the Blue Angels, but as the manager of the store, he's got a problem, and he's got to ditch Corey to go help fix it. Yes. Theme song would come back. Corey's dad is waking up Corey because... There's a Phillies game on, and uh, it's going to a no-hitter. So he's like, Corey, you want to come downstairs and watch the game? And Corey's pretty excited. He jumps up. He's ready to go. Goes over to um, Eric. Eric's like, what what does he say? I'm sleeping, and I'm naked, and I'm about to take a test or something? Yeah, he's he's like in the middle of a dream. He's like, I can't. I'm I'm naked and about to take a test right now. So uh, they go downstairs. They're watching the game. And Corey mentions to his dad, you know what, dad, this is just as good as watching those planes. Like he just wants to spend time with his dad. That's what he wants. Yeah, absolutely. School the next day, we're taking a test in Feeney's class and Corey is sound asleep as he's collecting papers. He fell asleep during the test. Find out he only answered one question. He answered it wrong. (laughs) 40 questions. He's getting a zero on this test. That's rough. Um, so Corey explains to Feeney how he was up till midnight. His dad woke him up to watch the no hitter. And uh, Mr. Feeney doesn't look like he really cares. Nope. He doesn't care at all. He has like no interest, no, no compassion, no nothing. We go home. Uh, Corey's already there. Corey's dad gets home and Corey says, dad, I, I, I failed the test. I fell asleep. I mean, you got to help. And, of course, this is in front of his mom. His mom is hearing this for the first time. She gets all mad. And then uh, Mr. Matthews says, all right, I'll go over and talk to Feeney. I'll see if I can get him a uh, a retake on this test. Yeah. Al, this is an interesting. I, I, I was kind of torn about about this this uh, 
method of like okay being able to leverage the fact that you're the teacher's neighbor to try to get this exception you know i feel like it's i not don't entirely, but but then i, I, then I think I, then he would have done this little, even if it wasn't his yeah yeah well then i thought about it a little more I was like you know this is just him calling the school the next day and having trying to have a conversation yeah. with him anyways they just have the ability to have this conversation yeah face to face so alan tells feeney look it's all my fault i uh, have been really busy i wanted to spend some time with Corey. i woke him up to watch the game and uh he core mr feeney's like no there's not going to be a makeup the f stands and yeah and his rationale is real real out there like what if i fail to teach him something that he needs to know and because of that later in his life he he fails what do where's my do where's that do over where's where's that excuse i think it's a good point it's, no, it's a it's it's a good setup for the point later in the the final point of the show, which is like it's one thing, one time, one place. Who cares? Like this kid's tw- eleven; it doesn't matter. Yeah. So Alan sends Corey inside because he's about to like lay it into Feeney, and then they don't really he doesn't really lay it in. I mean, t- they talk some more. Um, I mean, he says some pretty. He says one thing that's like pretty. Yeah. What does he say? Harsh. Like, yeah, he's well, like you, you don't, don't understand because you don't have a son. Yeah, it's if you had like, a son, whoa. you would get it. Like, we don't even know why Feeny doesn't have any kids, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a pretty like that's a pretty harsh thing to just just throw out there. Yeah, and Feeny just, I mean, he's upset, but he like keeps it cool, just goes inside. That's that's the end of the conversation for him. Yeah. So uh, Alan goes inside. He's still upset. Talks to his wife. She understands uh, why everything's going on, why he uh, brought Corey downstairs to watch the game with all the time and everything. But does she mention here, like, uh, you've got to find time for Corey or something like that? Yeah, it's more of like you can't just expect Corey to be able to do things on your schedule because he's a kid. Like he's you need to sleep. schedule he... him into your yeah. schedule kind of thing. Right, right. So, uh, doorbell, it's Lenny again, and Lenny's the assistant manager at the, uh, market. Who's Lenny? He's the assistant manager at the market, and he walks in while, uh, the Matthews parents are kissing in the kitchen, and Alan tells him, what? And he's like, well, there's a fire at the store. Something about, like, what did they put? Something near the rotisserie chicken? Uh, First he says there's an emergency, and then Alan goes on the whole spiel about, hey, you're the assistant manager. Your job is to be the manager when I'm not there. Go back. Take be the assistant it. manager. Corey comes downstairs. Him and Alan are about to go play tennis. And then that's when when Lenny says, oh, you're you're right. I'll go back. I'll go do that. You know, he's like, next time I won't put the like the propane display or the lighter fluid display next to the rotisserie chicken or some combination like that. Yeah, so there was a fire in the store. They've put out the fire, but I guess there's a lot of cleanup. I'm assuming. I mean, I think a on. fire is an emer- is like a you know high enough emergency level where you just go and figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you know, you go take care of it. So uh, Alan takes Corey in the living room. He's like, Corey, look, it was my fault that you got an F. I shouldn't have brought you downstairs. Feeney was right, and then he leaves and goes to the store. Skip ahead, backyard, Corey's uh, just hitting a tennis racket ball, tennis ball, by himself. Accidentally hits it over the fence in a Feeney's yard and uh, hops over to go get it. And uh, surprise, Feeney's sitting in a chair. He shines a flashlight on him. I don't even know how he missed him. but uh, This like, doesn't make any sense either because the fi- there's like less than five feet between the fence and where Corey is hitting the ball and goes to get the ball. And also the fence is like four feet tall. So, four so. feet. This isn't, yeah, this isn't, this isn't home improvement. You can, and Feeney's just sitting right there, stretched out on a lawn chair. He's got a book in his hand. So you would think he would have a flashlight at least, or enough light to read a book, but Corey still doesn't see him. I don't know. This yep. doesn't make so any sense. Corey's in his backyard. He, Feeney flicks on the flashlight and uh, says, uh, Mr. Matthews, you want to join me for a drink? And Corey's like, yeah, Goes over, grabs a glass, pours like a giant glass of. Well, like he pours a little bit, and then he like looks at Feeney, pours a little bit, like has this like evil giggle, pours pours the whole thing, fills the glass up. And what is Feeney tells him that it's just apple juice at some point after? He well, he drinks sip? it, and he says it's just apple juice. And it was just apple juice, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Corey and Feeney are talking. Feeney's explaining how um, there's this one time when he was a child that. Uh, 
there was a war going on in Europe, and uh, because of this war, like, he was missing out on a lot of things. Like, he couldn't get, like, the shoes he wanted and stuff. Mm-hmm. So the war was about to end. Uh, President Truman was going to announce the end of the war, and uh, he asked his dad if he could uh, stay up and watch this uh, this announcement on TV. And his dad right. wouldn't let him stay up. And Finney attributes that to him just not wanting, his dad just not wanting to spend time at all with him and wanting instead to spend time with, you know, his friends, his drinking buddies. Yeah, and uh, this is where he also explains that uh, education is about the overall effect of slow absorption of material. It's not learning the little tiny facts one at a time. It's an overall thing. And somehow also relates this to saying that it's an important thing to spend time with your father. Well, the point he makes is like his dad says, no, you have to school tomorrow. You can't stay up. And, and you know, Feeney well, saw that as an excuse. But he's like, the next day I went to school. All we talked about, all we, all, you know, the only thing we learned that day was the end of the war. And, and I didn't get to experience that like everybody else did who stayed up to, you know, hear this, this important moment. Yeah, and then he says, I think what he says is like, it's really important to spend time with your father, and I know this to be true because I didn't, or my father didn't right. spend time with me or something exactly. like that. So, um, from there we go to, uh, well, I think Corey tells like tells Feeney goodnight, they go inside, and then... I don't remember how Alan comes back outside or something at this point. I think Alan comes out to get Corey inside for bed. Yeah, and Feeney tells Alan... Alan, if I had a son, I would spend time with him. That's how I would be different. Yeah, and Co- and Alan says, you know, I'll, I'll don't worry, I'll get him into. He, there's kind of a He's Alan's to- like trying to apologize, make up by the same time Feeney is is you know. Yeah, it felt kind of like the same of like uh, to me with Frank like trying to do what the uh, Reverend wants him to do, and now like Alan's trying to do what Feeney wants right. him to do. Kind of felt the same way to me. Right. So we go to Corey's bedroom. Um, Corey's mom's up there getting him ready for bed. And uh, Corey's like, Mom, uh, can we talk for a minute? And she's like, sure, I got a half hour. And he's like, who was right? Was Dad right or was Feeney right about this whole thing? And she's like, well, they can both be right. And I think Alan comes in at this point and says... He does. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, says a bunch of stuff, but like the main point is like... The big thing, Corey, here is that... No matter what, I'm always going to be here in the morning to tell you about anything that happened. Right. Exactly. Anytime the Phillies throw a no-header. Yeah. So uh, they all say goodnight. Um, Alan asks his wife if uh, if he's still grounded. She says, we'll talk about it. And then Corey's like, he won't be back tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's the end of the episode. Good for them. Final show of the week is Hanging with Mr. Cooper. It comes on at 9.30. This is Season 2, Episode 3, School's a Drag. We start off, we're at school, we're in the office, there's signs up, there's a new principal coming, and uh, I guess there's a lot of hype around it. As A lot, uh, of, lot, of, lot of rumors that she does not have the best reputation. Yeah. Um, Coop comes in with Geneva. Geneva is... <laughs> Completely is taking just, over Robin's character now. Geneva is just Robin with a different accent. Yeah. So we find out she's going to be the new music teacher now. And um, we talk. they talk a little bit about this new principal at this point. Mm-hmm. And we find out. Well, no. First, uh, the vice principal's in there, right? And uh, Geneva's yes. kind of got the hots for him. So maybe something will happen at some point. But like they Ooh. introduce themselves to each other. And uh, then uh, Coop finds out from the vice principal that he's got to teach driver's ed this semester and he's not happy about it. No, he doesn't want to do that at all. He's just because he doesn't want to be in a car with these kids. Yeah. The last trainer uh, or teacher wrecked the training car. Coop says he's still uh, milking the injury, but uh, then he rolls by on a wheelchair with a full body cast on. So I would say that's. Well, I guess I see your point. That's not necessarily booking the uh, the the accident. He might actually, actually be hurt. <laughs> being hurt, yeah. <laughs> so theme song. We come back now, uh, Geneva. Real quick, I do want I want to do it. I do want to mention this real yeah. quick because we caught this last week. 
Um, so last week or a couple of weeks episode, I guess the first episode of the season, Steve played the theme song and I was like, oh yeah, you know, it's just so man. So, I mean, no big secret, but I don't always hear all the stuff that Steve interstitch, interstitches into the episode. So I didn't actually hear the theme song he played. But when I went back and listened to the episode, I was like, wait a second, that's not the same theme song that I heard. I heard the like classic soul man song that kind of, I think a lot of people are familiar with. And that is not the song that Steve played. So he played the Cooper Cooper theme song, which I think is, it turns out is actually the theme song starting in season three. So point of the story is whatever, Steve, where you're watching it on what? You on said Ma- on Max. On Max. So Max has, for whatever reason, uh, has syndicated versions with the season three theme song over the season two, where all of season two should have been Soul Man, which is what I have. And I watch it on on Apple TV. Or, you know, I, I bought it on iTunes. So um, just a note there, the theme song is actually Soul Man for all of season two and then changes to the new song in season three. So after the incorrect theme song that I watched, um, I saw Geneva and Coop now talking about the uh, the new principal, not the vice principal, but the new principal that's coming in. Right. Um, Coop apparently knows this uh, this person. And... Well, he doesn't know that yet. He does not. He doesn't know that yet. Oh yeah, yeah. Because first we're talking about like, oh yeah, this principal like fired ten teachers on their first day. And uh, he's like, oh, it can't be that bad. And then that's when the prince, the new principal walks in, right? Right. That's when, yeah, the new principal, who we we at first know is Peaches, played by Nell Carter, walks in. Yep. She's the new principal. Coop knows exactly who she is because um, they, did they teach together at some point? I, I get remember. the impression they grew up together, like they, they were kids together. together. Okay. That's, my, that's the impression I get. Cause he's like, uh, like joking on her and stuff. Like, oh yeah, yeah, calling her like making fat jokes and stuff. Yeah, and um, he goes into her office. I think with Geneva too. They both go in there. At least he does. Sure. And uh, she kind of lets him know that he's not the kind of teacher that she likes. She pulls out like statistics. Like he doesn't have like the best records of like. Doesn't follow the curriculum, kind of does what he wants, is, is lenient with the kids, is yeah. more kind of free form. Um, we also, she also says, you know, it's not Peaches anymore, it's PJ, so make sure you call me the right name. Yeah, and she's just like not happy with his results that he's been putting up and threatens yeah. that he needs to do better because this is his strike one and she's on a three strike rule. If he gets three strikes, he's out of there. Right. So, a little later. Oh, well, and then he gets strike two because he parked in her spot. Oh, yeah, that's true. So he's already got two. He's only got one chance left. Um, we then go uh, to Coop's, well, like the aftermath of Coop's driver's ed class. Uh, Irvin has already gotten in an accident. He uh, hit Coop's car, though, so no one's that mad. And uh, the vice principal threatened. I do like here that we got Andre, Irvin, and Isaac. This is the first time we've seen the three of them this season. Were they so. all there right there? They were. I think were. I think Irvin's the one that said anything, right? And they're just kind of like hanging out. Uh, Andre might have said like some you know, quick like two yeah. word line or something. Yeah. So the vice principal is threatening his job now. Um, I think he knows about the three strike rule. And like, I think he tells Coop this is his third strike, but uh, it doesn't really matter because it's not the principal. Well, it also turns out that the car that was hit was was Coop's car. So yeah. I mean, knock the bumper. They don't really have off. that much to worry about. So we go a little later to uh, Vanessa and Nicole at the house. Just a quick scene to kind of fit Nicole in this episode. It felt like like well, I forgot what they were even talking about. Well, they, important. there's this whole like really unnecessary line, like storyline of Vanessa wanting to show all these, oh, all these home videos yeah, yeah. To, to Nicole and Nicole has no one wants to see these videos at all. Yeah. Are uh, they like uh, like movies that she made at home? Like like acting type. No, I get their impression. I get the impression that they are just home like movies. family, family videos. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's going on. Uh, Mark and Geneva get home from uh, Coop's horrible day at school today because like everything's going wrong with the driver's ed class and the new principal and everything. And Geneva tells Coop, Oh yeah. The uh, principal PJ, she's on her way now. I invited her over for dinner. It's for dinner. I thought she was getting a ride somewhere. Oh no, no, you're right. You're right. I invited her over. She's gonna pick me up. We're gonna go to this like t- uh, first like night PTA or something type yeah. thing. Yeah. So um, Mark starts freaking out at this. Yeah, point. he's freaking out because he realizes he drove the driver's ed car home. It's in the driveway, 
and uh, she's going to see it, and he's going to get in trouble. So, um, before that happens, though... Um, PJ shows up. Not PJ, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, PJ shows up. She So, he's freaking out about That's this, right. and she's going to be there. And she just walks in the kitchen, and, and Mark's like... Mark says something about the car being in the driveway, and she's like... What are you talking about? There, there wasn't a car no in the car. driveway. He's like, oh, okay. Because he's like, he's worried he's going to get in trouble because she sees the right. car, but it's not in the driveway. They leave to go to this teacher meeting and he realizes, or, or he announces to probably Vanessa, someone stole the car. It was in the driveway. Right. So he's like, now I got to deal with a stolen car on top of all this other stuff. Um, We skip a little later. Uh, Knock at the door. It's Benny, have we met Benny before? I can. This remember. is Benny's first appearance with us. First of many, or first and only. First of a few this season. Okay. Yeah, he's he's around for pretty much all of this season, and then um, and I think one episode of next season. So this is Benny. He's a friend of Coop's. He's kind of I don't know. Seems a little ditzy, right? Um, he's what's a good word to describe him? He. He doesn't really follow the rules. He kind of does whatever he wants. Um, he seems fairly harmless. Like that, that, like he's the rules he's breaking are more of just like trying to get one over on somebody, not really trying to hurt anybody. Does that if that makes sense? Yeah, I guess. Um, so Vanessa tells Benny that uh, Coop's car got stolen, and um, he asks him, well, "Why did he drive the driver's ed car home? Like he's not supposed to do that." And Coop's like. How did you know what car I drove home? He's like, oh, I drove it. But when I was driving home, I uh, I clipped some statue on the way home. And uh, he's like, Coop's like, well, you didn't give him your name, did you? And, he, and this is a little back and forth here. He's like, no, nah, I gave him your name. And he's like, I couldn't give him the name of my fake ID. It says like Mother Teresa or something like that. And Coop's getting mad. And this is where we get our diss of the week. You know, Benny, if brains were money, you couldn't pay attention. <laughs> okay, so then... Um, at this point, now um, what Lenny, or not Lenny, Benny is saying is that uh, this guy who owns the statue that he hit, he's going. he was going to try to sue uh, Mark, but then he told him, like, Mark doesn't have any money, so now he's going to go sue the school and complain. Yeah, I do want to say that the statue he hit is one of those, like, lawn jockey statues, which are... Yeah, I didn't know what racist. I was allowed to say as far as lawn jockey, if that's still a term people are I, using. Well, I... I don't know if that, I mean, I think that that term describes what it is in a way that's, that's appropriate. It's just because, the I mean, idea of having these statues is probably something people don't it, know anymore. Right. It's considered fairly racist, fairly, you know, insensitive. And, um, Benny makes that point. He's like, I don't even think it was a, I don't think I did anything wrong. It was, uh, you know, it was a, it was a racial, like, racial, uh, hate crime or something like that. Yeah. He's like, what, so, what would Kunta Kinte do? <laughs> right. And that's what, yeah, that's what he says. That's what he says. So, and um, I'm also looking IMDb only has him in two episodes. I, I feel like I saw somewhere else that he's in a few. More. He's in a lot more episodes than in season three. So we'll, we'll see. I'm not sure. We're only in season two, though. So that's probably why. That's probably why. Um, well, no, it, it, it still only says in two episodes, but you're right. It is season two, not season three. We go to the school. Uh, Coop is now trying to get Geneva to pretend to be the, te- the, the principal. So when this guy comes over and tries to complain about Coop hitting the thing, they can cover it up, but she's like, no, I'm not doing that. She walks out, but in walks, uh, well, first, uh, I guess there's a cut scene. Coop comes back in. He's now dressed as a woman. He's going to try to be cut, pretend to be the principal. Right. This is my thing right here. This principal just started the, that day before. Does this person know that the principal's even a woman? Why does That's he a good... have to dress up as a woman? That's a good point. Unless somebody, unless I, he like had talked to her to schedule, like say, yeah. hey, I'm going to come. Or come he calls meet. the I mean, office and they say, oh, right. Miss, Mrs. Peaches isn't available right now. I mean, in fairness, he's Mark's playing, playing it smart because if somebody at any point says, oh, she'll be right in or you'll, sure. or you're here to okay. see her or, you know, uses a feminine pronoun, he's, he's covered. So Coop's there. He's dressed up as a woman. He's going to pretend to be uh, PJ. But then in walks George Jefferson. Sherman Helmsley is coming in, and uh, he's there to complain to Coop. You go George Jefferson? when I go direct George Jefferson. We are a TGIF show, and you go George Jefferson? George Jefferson. In in walks BP Richfield to talk to the principal. 
I mean, trust me, George Jefferson deserves the deserves the credit. He deserves it. Yeah, Sherman Hemsley deserves the credit for George Jefferson. We gotta you gotta at least throw BP Richfield in there. In comes Richfield and uh, Coop's pretending to be uh, the principal, still in his drag outfit, and uh, Mr. Richfield starts flirting with him right there in the principal's office. Like this is what he wants out of this whole deal. Yeah, and his his real name isn't well, it's not his real. His name in the show is is Mr. Pickney. 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 So uh, Coop, as the principal, starts to try to uh, make some deals with uh, Mr. Ridgefield and eventually offers him 13 bucks for the statue. And uh, Mr. Ridgefield's like, no, that's not going to work. What I want is I want to go out on a date with you. He doesn't even care. He's not even paying attention. He's like, you're a woman. Let's go. Let's go. So um, we go back to the house real quick. Uh, Nicole is telling her mom um, that she had a bad dream, that kids were picking on her because her family's different and they're from Georgia. And she's like, your family's not different. Everyone's blah, 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 blah. Uh, Mark is like a normal guy. Well, he's, he starts with every. She starts with everybody else first. She's yeah. like, you know. You're normal. I'm normal. Vanessa's normal. We're all normal. Mark's normal. And then, Mark's, and then as she's about to say Mark is normal, he walks, he walks by the dress. Yeah. Yep. Dressed as a woman and she doesn't have anything to say. No. Cut to uh, the next scene where Coop is uh, coming out of the bathroom of the club. You see uh, Mr. Ridgefield sitting at the table uh, for their date together. And uh, we have reached an agreement. 200 bucks to pay for this statue. And uh, Mr. Ridgefield is going to sign an agreement saying that he accepts the offer. But as he's signing, in walks, Peach is the principal. And uh, Mark knows he's in trouble at this point. I really appreciate Mark's, you know, dedication to the process here where he's not just trying to get this resolved with like a handshake. He's like, I've got paperwork. I need you to sign this release. <laughs> We're doing this legit. Coop like, there's has a whole... been to court before. He knows what's up. Yeah, he's doing this the right way. So uh, the principal doesn't see Mark right away. Um, he is dressed up as a woman, so his back is turned to her most of this time. And then the DJ gets on the mic and says, hey, we got a special song request for uh, the brand new principal in town, PJ Moore. Is this a karaoke place or is she just singing? I believe it. I don't is know. Is this the jazz bar she... from last season? So I was trying to put that together myself, but I, I I couldn't I couldn't I don't think so. Or if it is, they've changed it enough where it's not as recognizable. But well, I guess we don't have uh, Robin's dad anymore singing in there. Probably. Well, that doesn't mean that the, the, he he wasn't holding the jazz bar together. Well, he no, no, no. What I'm thinking is like the the show creators are like, all right, we don't have Robin, we don't have any dad anymore, we don't need a jazz bar anymore, kind of thing. Fair enough. Let's just make this the the new hangout place and not call it a jazz bar. But anyways. Seems like it's karaoke, but uh, if you know uh, anything about uh, this actress, she's got a uh, a singing career. Part she's been on Broadway. She can sing. She gets up there, and uh, Nell busts out her own version of "Twist and Shout." Yep, I'll also say her friend Myra. Um, is, she was an episode of New Attitude. She uh, she's a pretty well accomplished comedian herself. So, so she's up there singing, doing a great job. And uh, <clears throat> BP Ridgefield is making. Oh, oh, real quick. I'm sorry. There was one other joke here before we get too far away from it. Is as like when they first get there, when they ask PJ to sing, PJ kind of at first says she doesn't want to or like implies she doesn't want to. And then Myra says to her, give me a break. And then that's, that's when that, she gets That's the show she but, was on before. But that's the reference to her being in. Yeah. Give me a break before. So as she's singing, uh, BP Ridgefield wants to make sure that he still gets the rest of his deal. He wants a dance with uh, fake Principal Peaches. So the two of them stand up. Uh, Coop, dressed as the principal, is now dancing with uh, BP Ridgefield in the middle of the dance floor. He's got his walker out there. They're dancing. And the whole time, Coop is trying to keep his back to the principal because they're like four feet away from her dancing. Right. I mean, there's no room in this club anyway. She she should be able to see in most places. So they keep dancing. He's trying to hide her face. They get to a uh, big part in the song, and uh, Coop's wig accidentally gets ripped off. Exactly. Um, PJ immediately recognizes him, 
and she wants an explanation. Where where did um BP Ridgefield go after he ripped it off? Did he just like run off? Maybe you know that's a good question. I don't know. He like I remember him like ripping it off and then saying like making some comments like not like he still didn't realize that it was a man. Like more of like just a comment yeah. on like wig falling off kind of thing. I'm but not sure. uh, yeah, PJ comes over. She wants an explanation from Mark, and uh, she starts like interrogating him. And Mark's like, "Look, this is what happened." Blah blah blah. He goes through the whole thing, like his whole like couple days of what happened. And she's like, "You know what? Now I know that you really." love teaching no one would go through all this as much as you did if they didn't and it seems which like she's okay with funny, it for, at least for now which is funny in this situation because really this situation is all about him covering his ass like he's not doing this for a student he's not doing this to oh, further yeah. anyone's education he's really just doing this to make sure he doesn't get fired so yeah i think that like I, I i appreciate it i i trust me i think coop does love the kids and we kind of went through this with with Alvarez in the first season, the old principal at one point, but I don't think this is the best example of that principle, you know what I mean? Or, you know, of that idea that he is a, he's in it for the kids. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's that, but I do think it's like, he wants his job that much. And I think she kind of thinks that the reason why she wants it, that he wants his job as much as he does is because he really loves his job. Yeah, I would, I would, like you think I put, you think he would be doing all this if he was like together. working like I don't know like somewhere else? I think if he needs his job to pay for the house he just bought, that he would do anything to keep his job, regardless of whether he necessarily. Loves I mean, that job I know for sure that if uh, he wrecked the Warriors team bus, he'd be doing this exact same thing. Right. I think that there's. I think that he'd be. I think most people would do. I don't know about this, but would do things to keep their job. Yeah. But as opposed to showing that they love their job, you know, or love the influence they have with people in their job. But that's the end of the main part of the episode. Um, PJ is going to let him keep his job for now. We don't know how that's going to keep going, but uh, we get a credit scene with um, Vanessa showing off these home videos. Uh, she's got uh, who's in there? Uh, Geneva. It's, the, it's pretty much everybody plus Benny and Benny. Coop's not in there. I don't. Think. Yeah, you're right. I think I don't think Coop is there. So Vanessa's showing these videos off. Everyone's like pretending they're tired to get out of it. Oh, I got to go upstairs. I'm tired. But Benny's like committed he's staying down there because he's got the hots for uh for vanessa so he's staying down there to watch and he's like when are you gonna get naked in these videos (laughs) and then she's like oh i'm tired i gotta go upstairs uh and he's like that's fine i'll sleep on the couch and then uh he just like crashes on the couch pulls out like a picture of his mom sets it on the table takes off his shoes and then coops comes out because he's uh awoken by the uh, smell of Benny's stinky feet and brings out some spray and sprays them all over. And then I don't know if you caught this uh, last line, but Benny's like, must have been that Chitlin pizza. I did. did. That's it. That's the end of uh, Coop. That's the end of TGIF for the week. This is the part of the show where we rank the episodes. Um, I'll go first. Um, Okay. Number four, I'm going for the uh, CPR episode of Family Matters. Number three, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Boy Meets World. Um, a little, I don't know. I, I like the more comedic episodes of Boy Meets World. Two, I got Step by Step. Didn't like it that much, but uh, number one was a clear number one for me this week with uh, Hanging with Mr. Cooper. We get a debut, we get a guest star, and uh, we get Coop dressed up as a woman. Okay. Okay. We have a pretty different. Um, so I'm going to put number four at step by step. Just it didn't do much for me. Um, I'm going to put Family Matters at three, even though I liked it. I, I Like the one, two, and three for me are higher than four. I think four is four. The rest are kind of up there. Okay. I, you know, the Family Matters, we've seen the Carl and Steve thing so many times, but I still like it. And I still, I still yeah. like when they have these moments. I just think that they, that they both do it really well. Um, so I like it. Uh, three, I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do um, Cooper at three uh, for this, or excuse me, at two Cooper for the two. same reason. The, you know, the, a lot of debut, a lot of changes, a lot of like this kind of establishing where we're going. And then I, you know, I really like the Boy Meets World this week. I'm going to put it in number okay. one. I thought it, was, thought it was a good episode. Um, Once again, reminder for um, Nightmare Weekend. Nightmare Weekend. It's happening October 14th. That's a Saturday night, 9 p.m. We will be there. We're doing a panel on uh, TV Halloween specials. I mean, it's like a horror convention, so it makes sense. 
Come yep. out, get a pass, come out, hang out, get a bunch of autographs while you're out there, and then go watch some panels. There's a whole bunch of cool stuff that's actually going on. Yeah, it's not quite the same caliber as as GalaxyCon was. It's the same people that do GalaxyCon. It's not it's not what summer GalaxyCon or last last year, this year's GalaxyCon. I, I don't even understand. It was crazy. It was so good. Um, but there's there are a lot of really good guests for 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 Nightmare Weekend. Warwick Davis, Danny Trejo, Tony Todd, Richard Dreyfus. Uh, there, you know, Tim Reed from a from a TGIF perspective is going to be there. Uh, there's a ton of of really good kind of horror folks that are that'll be. That'll I think be I've, I think I've now features. officially waited too long to pick up any pops to get signed. I kept I telling you, myself I was going to get them. Yeah, probably like oh, a Danny oh, Trejo one would be pretty awesome. Is there a Danny Trejo one? Is there like a machete? I would think uh, a machete one would be my guess. Yeah. They're doing like an ET reunion, pretty much like make like minus Drew, Drew Barrymore. Barrymore. Um, but it's a pretty, it's a, it's a good, there's a lot of good stuff, man. It's a, they're doing a little Halloween town. If you ever watch that, a little hocus pocus. Um, so there's some good stuff. I'm looking up if there's a Danny Trejo Funko pop right now. Uh, yeah, there is. Um, well, just, just Danny Trejo or no, I guess he played uh, a character Spy named Kids? Jaguar on Rick and Morty. Like, I guess he did the voice, but it, it looks like him as well though. Like okay. it's made to look like him. It's kind All of right. funny. I guess that's the one. That's the only one it looks like. But yeah, I'm um, I'm, I'm excited um, to, to do our panel because we have no idea what we're doing. Really. Well, we haven't done anything. Yeah, we we're not prepared at all. Excited um, to do that. I'm excited to walk the floor because, I mean, they've always got vendors and I'm hoping there's a lot of like horror type stuff vendors. Yeah, that's what I'm See, That's one thing I'm really curious about because Galaxy Con traditionally tries to be really family, family oriented, family folks, which I appreciate. I get that. Horror cons, you know, these, these kind of cons, I feel like you got to have a little bit more of an edge to them to really get the right kind of crowd there. So I'm hoping this, I'm really hoping to see some of the like boat boutique um, horror movie vendors that I really like. I'm a big fan of there. You know, I'd love to see Vinegar Syndrome, Ruck and Fotten, you know, Severin, like those companies that I really buy a lot of stuff from represented, but we'll see. I'm we'll not see. optimistic. It's next weekend. Get your tickets. Uh, we'll have more information on our uh, social media at TGIF Cast. Uh, yes. Thanks once again to, I want to say Drew. Was that his name? Uh, yeah, Drew for the theme song this week. Thank you, Drew. TGIF Cast at gmail.com if you want to send in your own version. And uh, we'll be back for another episode next Friday and then uh, Nightmare Week in the day after that. Yeah, and next week it'll be just the the same old, same old. So Family Matters season five, episode four, step by step, season three, episode four. Oh, excuse me, Boy Meets World season one, episode four, and Hang with Mr. Cooper season two, episode four. Big week. That's a big week. Let's have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. Podcast.